All right, good to sit down with Ali Gay, LSU defensive lineman. Ali, thank you for your time today, man. Appreciate thank it. You, man. Uh, you're the big man on campus this week. How, how, how does it feel to, to have your LSU debut go as well as yours did? And I'll, I'll throw a stat out there to start things off. You had 11 pressures. It's the most by any LSU player since 2015. So you came out the gates really hot. I mean, what do you make of your first game? What's the reaction been with your teammates, your, your family, your friends? I mean, just the preparation, just coming in the game. So um, I've been here since January, you know, coming in, I knew that I had, to, I had to come out and just, you know, make myself known right away. And, and even though with, you know, with my class and, you know, coming from JUCO, you know, I've, uh, I haven't been had that many success in a while. So I had to just, you know, come out and, and just um, to let everybody know that, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm here to play and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, so. you, you definitely did that. You definitely let everyone know. Um, I want to I want to start with with that coming to LSU. You talked about getting here in January. During this conversation, I want to go way back. I want to go back to your childhood and, and dig into some stuff. Um, but I want to start with getting to LSU and winning a starting job because a couple weeks ago, Coach O announced that you were a starter. A lot of people were surprised. You didn't come in as a five star guy. You didn't come in as a uh, a major recruit in the you know the, the recruiting rankings. But for people inside this building, it wasn't a surprise because you've been performing since you got here. So. Tell me about getting here in January, and you get a couple months under your belt, and then a pandemic hits, and everything shuts down. You stayed, right? Coach O talked about you stayed around. So just tell me about your mindset as you get here, things go haywire, but then you stick around and you're putting in the work. Um, I mean, like you said, coming in January was, you know, everybody had to, you know, come in here. You don't just, you know, you're not just giving a, anything. You got to earn it. So when I got here, Coach told me, you know, everything, you know, I would have to work to get it. And they didn't, you know, through the recruiting process and all, they didn't, everything they told me was, you know, what actually happened when I got here, which was I had to work, you know, to get what I, what I wanted. So, and Coach always preached, you know, the depth, depth chart is as in sand. So, you know, nothing is promised and everything you're going to have to work for it, for it to get it. And that's, that's what I did ever, ever since I came here and just being around everybody and being, being around the people who were in the national championship team last year, you know, it, it motivated me to work even harder and push myself to be at the level that they were, you know. And I knew I had to catch up to be there, so I worked every day and just um, fed off of their energy and fed off of what they had to tell me and what they had to say and listening to all the coaches and what they had to, you know, what they had to preach and just took to that and just uh, kept on working and practicing and just doing everything to the detail, everything that was told, to, told by the coaches to me. And I just used that as, a, as a, a source. And every time I went out there and I just made sure, you know, you know everybody's watching, so I made sure um, I was doing what they were told me. Took, I took the coaching and took everything they told me. So I just wanted to make everything happen out there on the field. So The, the word I think of when you talk is coachable. You just sound like a, yeah. a coachable guy. And that's the word that, you know, you talk to the training staff, you talk to the coaching staff. That's one of the things that sticks out about you is that you listen, you put it into, into play what you're taught in practice. Where, where does that come from? Where does that coachability come from? Is that something that you've always been you know, a good listener? Is that something your parents instilled in you? Where does that ability to, you know, because a lot of guys, they, get, they take coaching and maybe they take some and they ignore others, but it seems like you're taking everything to heart and putting it into practice. Where does that come from? I just think it comes from, you know, growing up around, you know, my parents just being, uh, um, being uh, just quiet, be quiet and listen. And just being told to do the right thing and just being told by my parents, you know, do this, don't do that. So I just think it, has, it got something to do with that. So I just, 
uh, use that as a, you know, wherever I go or whoever I'm around, you know, listen first before speaking and then listen to what they got to say and then, um, you know, do what, they, do what I'm told and make sure I do it to, you know, to the best of my knowledge and the be- to the best of how they uh, want me to do it. And one thing about that here is that you, um, everything is in detail, so you got to do everything in, in detail. And if you, if, you make, if you make some mistakes, you know, there's room to uh, improve, but make sure you don't make the same mistake. And that's what I've learned ever since I've been around here. And, um, you know, like, like you said, it's just um, I've been around, you know, my parents who have, you know, raised me to be um, disciplined and just knowing, um, knowing how to act around certain environments and just being, being, just being the, um, the best version of me. Okay, I, I think this is a good spot to go in on, on kind of your journey here because it's not a traditional journey. It's not um, typical of a lot of guys that come through here. So take me all the way back to the beginning, your childhood. Uh, you grew up in the Gambia, right? Yeah. You grew up in, in the western part of Africa. There's not a ton of players that come through here that, that come from that part of the world. How did that, that, that environment shape you? Um, how did that environment make you who you are? What are your memories of, of growing up there? Um. It shaped me in a way where um, it, it just taught me not to take everything, don't take everything for granted. Like make uh, make the best of your opportunities, which is why we came out here to, you know, for better opportunities and better um, better opportunity to learn and make something of of myself and um, my two sisters that, that we came out here. I came out here with, and um, just being just being from a third world country is just. It's, it's different when you come out to you know a place like here, and what one thing I learned is that um, it's the way you develop everything out here is is different from back there, and there's a lot more opportunities for me. Like you know, like I'm an example of um, just you know make. I'm, I'm not gonna say like I made it, but I'm gonna say like so far I'm I'm in the right path of you know trying to find success and just um, making something of myself and my family and making sure that you know. We came out here for a reason, one thing, one reason only, which was to, you know, um, just better ourselves and better our lives, and just make sure, you know, we didn't come here to just, you know, the trip here wasn't wasn't for a waste. To you know, it was mainly just to um, make something of myself and yeah. make sure my family, my family's gonna be alright. What What are some some details you remember about your childhood? What was What was your house like? What was the, you know, the, the fields you played sports on, like, um, what, what are just some details you remember from your childhood? Um, I remember um, I would be out all day, every day, and I wouldn't come home till late, you know, because we were all just out playing and just having fun playing soccer, you know, in the streets, you know, um, the streets were filled with sand, and I just remember I'd be out with my friends. The only time we'd come back home was when we were hungry, so we'd come back to eat, and then after that's done, um, you know, we go out in the, you know, outside in the, in the streets and just play soccer all day. Uh, sometimes we go to the, uh, we, we were right by the water, so we would sometimes go to the beach and and just have fun out there. And I remember, um, I remember all my friends back there, and I still do to this day. And I think about it, I think about them every day. And I, I just miss, I miss it a lot. I'm not gonna, I miss it a lot. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, that's just. This is what I remember. I remember we'd be out all day playing, and um, yeah, that's what I remember. So two questions about that. What kind of shoes were you wearing, or were you playing barefoot? And then when you came home to eat, what were you eating? Uh, 
most of the time, yeah, most of the time I wouldn't wear shoes. I would be out because every, like everything is sand. Everything in the streets, everything was filled with sand. So you know, it wasn't really like nothing bad. But, yeah. You know, just growing up, you know, you don't even think about it. You just go out there and just, you know, have fun. As a kid, you just yeah. go out there and have fun. You don't even think about what you're wearing or how, how you want to look, you know. Because everybody, everybody had the same mindset. It was just to, let's go out there, you know, have fun. And that was really it. And what we would eat was uh, when I came home. So my country's, uh, we're big on eating rice. So, like, okay. mostly what we would eat is rice with other different kind of sauces and Stuff like that, but um, there's, we eat a lot of uh, we eat chicken, we eat a lot of meat, so we would eat rice or um, baked uh, meats and you know chickens and stuff like that. So okay, so that takes me to two questions, and these are these are planted questions. We, we talked about this before, but I was talking with Margie, who um, was your high school football coach's wife. Um, and a huge influence in your life, and so she was giving me a little a little dirt to ask yeah. you about. So we're talking about food. She told me to ask, what would you make your sister do when you FaceTimed her, when you went off to junior college? Uh, um, I mean, I still ask her to this day, but uh, I would ask her uh, what my mom made or what's in the fridge or what uh, she can put in the freezer for me when I came back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, like, your favorite meal that your mom makes? Um, she makes this kind of, um, it was um, it was kind of, uh, it's like a peanut butter soup. Um, it's, it's, it's not as uh, good of uh, explaining if I did it, if I explained it in English. Yeah. But um, uh, in, in my language, it would be, um, we call it damada, but it's basically like a peanut butter-based uh, meal with um, beef. You can make it with beef or chicken with, or with different vegetables. And um, she actually, she's actually teaching me how to make it out here, so I've been practicing my <laughs> skills a little bit on cooking in my kitchen and <laughs> and just be able, being able to replicate that it. out here so yeah. I don't miss it as much. How, how good are you at making it? Uh, Grade I say, yourself. I say now, because I started in uh, quarantine, I started doing it in doing quarantine, <laughs> so I've, I've gotten really uh, a little better at it than when I first started. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of practice. Have yeah. you gone to Chef Michael and, and given him the recipe? Uh, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, I can, um, hopefully I can walk him through how to make it and then hopefully I'll be able to make it out here. Okay, the other question, uh, one of the other questions she told me to ask, was what do you tell kids when they ask you how you got so big? <laughs> so I'm wondering if this is connected. Yeah. Um, I just tell them I eat a lot of rice because that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I eat. So, and hopefully, I mean, I just tell them I eat rice and I eat a lot of rice every day. <laughs> I don't know if that would be the same. If it, I don't know if it worked for them, but that's just what I tell them. So, so growth is a big part of your story because I was, I was doing a little reading and you, you were talking about growing up, you played soccer. Um, at, at what point did you get into football? Because I read that you were a, you weren't always as big as you are now. Um, that you hit a growth spurt at some point. So just tell me about your transition, and this probably ties into coming over to the states and um, and getting into American football. But just tell me, you know, kind of how you got from being the five five kid in eighth grade to the the football prospect. Uh, yeah, when I first came here, I was I was not as big like you said. Um, I was the same height as my mom was. Um, right now so um what i did was i wanted to play soccer for the uh for the middle school team but they didn't have a soccer team so i tried out for local clubs um you know for a little bit and then uh, came back um in eighth grade because as a seventh grader you can play football but i wanted to try it out so what i did was um i tried out for the basketball team didn't make it um i did wrestling in the seventh grade so that was the only thing that i did um and then in the eighth grade 
That's when I came back and tried out for the basketball team again. That's when I made it. And I was eligible to play football as an eighth grader, so I tried out for the football uh, team and then made it. Um, and after that, um, over the summer, after, the, after eighth grade, I kind of hit a growth spurt. I got bigger and bigger. So soccer kind of just, you know, uh, kind of was put to the side a little bit because, you know, I found new sports such as football and basketball, which was something I was getting good at. Mm-hmm. And over that summer, I kind of just practiced my skills as a basketball player and just, you know, try to keep kept getting better. And that's one of the things about me is just when I find uh, something that um, people say that I'm not good at, you know, I just I always work towards, you know, getting better at that. And that's what I did. Um, and I, ever since then, I always made the basketball team. And I, I guess it always came with my height, but as I was also um, I was also a little bit skillful, you know, with my handles and, and basketball. Okay, so okay. I say I said that kind of helped me a little bit. And um, I developed a foot basketball IQ as well, which was just knowing how to how to position myself, yeah. you know, in a, in a game. So um, football wise, I just I kept getting bigger and bigger, and the coaches, you know, really wanted me to come back and play. So I said. Um, yeah, uh, and I did, but um, football wasn't really something that I wanted to um, pursue, you know, moving forward, you know, after high school. So I wanted, I thought, I thought of myself as becoming a basketball player, you okay. know, you know, making it to the NBA, you know, which was everybody, every every other kid's dream, yeah. you know. So, but one of my teammates, um, he was an older guy, and his name was Nick Venema. He was actually one of the older guys who pushed me to really. Um, you know, better myself as a football player. And he told mm-hmm. me, you know, I should make my highlight because I never thought about making a highlight for football. Yeah. So he told me I should make my highlights, and then I did. And uh, ever since then, um, I was getting more and more exposure as a football player. And, and um, football gave me a, a way out, and it gave me an opportunity to play at the next level. So, Describe your basketball game. Like, who's your NBA comp? Who, what style did you play? Um, I didn't... I was, I'm a Kobe fan, okay. so, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, go, for sure. But I'm a Kobe fan, so um, my first time watching Kobe, I just saw how he, uh, you know, how he used his skills, you know, dribbling skills, and that's who I, that's who I was looked after. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, as a big man, you know, you're expected to be in the post yeah. and just, you know, dribble and dunk on somebody. Yeah. But I always looked at myself as just um, being a big man and also having um, a side skills of being a dribbler as well and shooting. So I, I looked. At, I looked at, uh, after Kobe, and wanted to be a you know I wanted to be just like him. Yeah. But at some point, you know, coach is not going to go for that. You know, they want <laughs> you to be down in the post. Yeah, and you're just, six six. Yeah, go get some rebounds. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, that was just what I what I did in high school, and it worked um, for the coaches. So. Well, you you can see the, the athleticism in your game. I mean, I've yeah. only seen you for one game now, um, but I've seen you out of practice a few times, and obviously you've gotten to this level. How much do you think that diverse background of playing soccer in the sand, wrestling as a seventh grader, playing basketball, how, how much do you think that helps you on the football field now? Because, you know, you got there last weekend and you're so athletic and nimble and moving around, but you're 6'6 six, six and 255 or 260 or whatever it is. How much do you think that helped? I think it helped a lot with my uh, physical nature because um, each, sport, each sport you grow some kind of aggressiveness, um, um, but I say footwork-wise, you know, soccer helped me with that. Um, wrestling helped me a little bit with my just using my body, my physicalness to really move around. And for basketball, I say 
um, for that was I say jumping and just being able to use my my reach and my hands to um, bat down balls or yeah. you know anything like that in that nature. So. Um, I got a couple other topics that I want to get into with you. Um, we'll, we'll we'll take a little break here and do the kind of the, the funnier questions that Margie planted. What kind of car did you take your driver's test in? Um, I took it in a, a mini, a mini bug, a yellow mini bug, <laughs> which is not as um, not as bad as people think it might be for for somebody my size. Yeah. But um, I was able to fit in it, and I was able to <laughs> make it work and take my driver's test in it. <laughs> you have a picture of that? I'd love to see that. Um, if I look, I'll probably find one, but I'm not, <laughs> not, I'm not sure if I do. But she, Margie probably does. She probably <laughs> you, you, you may not want that picture to go public. Yeah, you may want to keep that on private. Just keep it on the reps. How would you rate your paddleboarding skills? Um, you know, I actually started practicing this summer, so I, I say I'm still in the works. Okay. I'm so what's, the, what's the story there? You, obviously, you're in the Pacific Northwest. Is that yeah. is that big up there? You try to take it up up there? Uh, no. So every uh, every summer, me and my me and a couple of friends, we go to my uh, high school coach's house, and we uh, we've been doing it since I was in high school. So this summer, I went out there and I didn't know they had a paddleboard, and I saw some people on the on the water trying it out. So I was like, okay, maybe this is something I should try out because you know I'm always open to trying new things. Uh-huh. So. I tried it out. Um, took me a few tries, you know. Um, but one time I was able to stand on it for a little bit. But I actually kind of scratched my hand. You know, I was just falling <laughs> in the water, hitting yeah. the rocks in the water. But uh, I'm, still in, I'm still in practice. So I say I'm uh, maybe a three. Getting better. So Getting there's better. a couple lakes over there if you ever need to go practice over there. And then there's a big river <laughs> yeah, the other yeah. direction if you want to go practice in that. Yeah, I might have to check it out. Uh, okay, I want to get into to something serious because the first time you came across my radar, I went out to practice one day, and you just walked by, and you're wearing 11, and I was like, who is number 11? Like, you just, the physical presence that you had, and then typically you don't see someone with that physical profile wearing a number like 11. That's a skill position number or whatever. And so I was talking to a few people, and one of the trainers, um, you know, we were just having a conversation, and uh, I said, hey, do you have any, the trainers are the best, they're like my favorite story idea people, like, because they just, they're the, like the hub of the, the football team, they're the heart of the football team, and so I asked them, hey, have you get any good story ideas? They said, talk to Ali Gay and ask him why he wears number 11, and so they told me a little bit about it, but I want you to say it in your own words, um, because that number is special to you, and then I also noticed in, in a related sense, uh, after, after one of your big plays on Saturday, you kind of, you did something, you pointed to the sky, so... I'm guessing that's probably connected, but just why is 11 important to you? What does 11 mean to you? Um, I mean, just think about it right now. Um, it was the whole reason I wore 11 was just to um, honor one of my uh, past teammates. Um, he, um, I met him in, in I met him at junior college. His name is Bryce Beekman, and um, he was just somebody that I was around a lot, and I wanted to. Um, I wanted to honor him because in um, in the spring he uh, he passed away. Um, it was unexpected, but um, I think he was going through some things, and um, something happened, and you know, and you know he, he was he, you know we lost we lost him. So um, he was somebody that I was around at, uh, when I was in Arizona, uh, my first junior college, and. Uh, he was he was somebody that would, you know, light up the room every time he walked in. Somebody that just 
brought the energy, mm -hmm. you know, in practice or, you know, wherever, wherever we are. So, um, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't as close as he was with other people, but, you know, he kind of touched me even though, you know, for the short time that I knew him. And um, I, wore, I wear 11 because it reminds me of, you know, it reminds me of him and it reminds me of the kind of energy that he brought out every, 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 every practice, at every game. So um, I wear the number because I want to um, I I I honor him, but at the same time, you know, keep that same energy and use that same energy to, um, you know, use it for my team and, you know, be the, be the, be the energy, uh, energy guy on the field and just make things happen. And I felt like um, this past, past Saturday that um, that same energy was in me, I felt like, and I felt like he was there, he was there watching it because um, I, felt, I, felt, I felt the type of way that I never felt before. It being my first game and also wearing that number in front of, you know, Tiger Stadium. And I just felt like that number was just, it's just something meaningful and something meaningful that I hope, I hope, um, I hope he, he was watching it and then I hope, you know, I made him proud that day. So when you said that name, I had heard the story. I didn't know the name. Bryce Beekman's from Baton Rouge, yeah. right? Um, that's, that's pretty incredible that y'all's lives kind of yeah. intersected like that, coming from, from Washington. And where did he play college ball after he played in junior college? So I actually think about it every day, and um, the fact that me and him crossed paths in Arizona, Arizona Western, and him going to Seattle, him going to Washington, yeah. where I where I stayed at, and be coming to his hometown to play football. So uh, it was just some. I feel like it's like you think about it as coincidence, but you know it's just like something that was, you know, was already written, something that was meant to be. And um, he went to play for Washington State after Arizona Western, and me and him always kept in touch. And I told him, you know, it's crazy how we, you know, met in Arizona, and he's going to. Washington State, where yeah. I, you know where my family stays, where I stayed at, and me coming to his hometown and playing in front of um, you know his hometown where he grew up, and it's, this is uh, somewhere that he always wanted to uh, go and play football. He had he always had dreams of playing um, at LSU, and I hope that um, I hope that I was able to fulfill his dream some way somehow, wearing that number and playing for one of his. Uh, favorite schools growing up, yeah. And I just, I just felt like um, I hope, I hope his family watch, was watching that game, and I hope, um, I hope his family uh, is as proud of him as you know I am of him. Just you know having, you know having that kind of person in your life is just uh, gone so soon. It's just um, you know that you, that you think about every day, and yeah. you, just, you just wish you know it was all a dream. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that with me. That's, um, that's an incredible story. You seem like a guy that you're not just playing football for yourself, like not even with just Bryce, but your family and so many people that have had an influence on you. I feel like you, you can see that when you play. Even if you don't know it, it's kind of intuitive. When you watch your game, you feel like you're representing more people than yourself. Who are the other people that you play for? Who are the people that you think about? Who are the people that when you're going through a difficult workout and you want to quit that inspire you to keep going and even if they're not with you? Who are the, those people in your life? Um, for as I say, uh, my parents, um, they've worked, they've worked, they've worked hard for me to get to where I am. And um, 
they did a lot for me to get to, to get to here, and I I played because of them, and I played to you know just one day be able to repay them for all that that which I'll never be able to do for all that they did for me and my two sisters. And they made a lot of sacrifices. And they they sacrifice a lot, so I I play for them. But before you go on, sorry to interrupt you. Can you can you give me an example or just a memory that you have maybe of some of the sacrifices they made, some of the things that you think about when you think about the sacrifices they made? I think one sacrifice was coming here because I mean, if you think about it, they they grew up, they they spent their whole lives in one place, and coming to another place that's that's a big move, and I think they made that sacrifice for us, for me and my sister too you know, um, find better opportunities to be successful in a, um, in a classroom and making something of, um, of ourselves. And I think, I don't think they ever expected, ever expected me becoming a football player and being at the, playing at the level that I am today. They, I don't think they expected that, but, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all God's way of, you know, saying that, you know, everything's going to be all right, you know, everything. All the sacrifices you made, you know, something's going to come out of it. And, um, and I just think... Um, Coming here was one of the biggest sacrifices they can make because all they all they do here is work, and to this day I've never seen I've never seen them take a day off, and if they did, um, it, it'll barely come. So I want to I want to um, I want to be able to you know um, one day make sure that they don't have to work a day in their lives again because the work that they, that they do right now is it's, it's taking a toll on them, and I want to I want to make it easier for them, and I want to make sure that. They won't have to work another day of their lives. What do they do right now? Um, they do home care, so basically taking care of um, disabled and unable um, people. Yeah, that's no, that's noble work. My wife works yeah. in that, that yeah. field. That's really noble work. Um, okay, you talked about your parents, and you play for them. Who else? Who else you play for? Um, I play for. I mean, I, I play for my um, my friends back home, and um, I play for my former teammates who are now my best friends. I say that I met in junior college. Yeah. And I play, I play for just everybody that's ever, you know, um, put their hands on me. You know, anybody, everybody that's ever touched me to, you know, that's ever pushed me to work hard and keep it going. Anybody that, that I've met, you know, across my whole life, everybody that I've met across my journey of, you know, becoming a, you know, um, a better person, a better uh, student, a better athlete, all my teachers, you know, just everybody that's ever, you know, Touch had a, had a, had an impact on my life. Yeah, basically. Have have your parents made it to? Margie right. told me that they she's got plans to yeah. bring a bunch of people. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we we're planning on bringing them um, to one of the one of these one of the home games okay. coming soon. So hopefully they they can they can see me uh, play for the first time, which they have not been able to do ever yeah. since you know I started playing football. But hopefully soon, coming um, one of these home games, they'll be able to come and watch me play. Oh, so they haven't seen you play in person yet? No. Okay, well, they're in for a treat because you were, you were awesome on Saturday. And we'll, we'll, we'll end on this note. Um, it wasn't 100,000 people, which is what Death Valley is normally like, and I really hope you get to experience that at some point. Coach O was joking that, you know, as well as you played, <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, he's, I, we think he's going to be a, a high draft pick. Hopefully he stays for two years. Don't get too good too fast. So I'll, I'll reiterate that. Don't get too good too fast, but obviously keep doing what you're doing. But just that experience of playing in Death Valley and Tiger Stadium, which is um, – I mean, even with just 25,000 people, 25% capacity, whatever it was, what was that experience like? What, what did that feel like to be out there on that field and play as well as you did? Um, it was, you know, it's not as bad as people are saying with uh, there not being 100,000 fans. 
I mean, obviously you want to get the full experience, but um, I was still blessed enough to, you know, play in front of the, you know, fans that were out there, and we kind of um, their energy. I felt the energy out there on Saturday, and um, I felt like it did. It did. It did. Uh, we did create some energy, even though with the fans not being a lot. Um, I felt like it was still a great experience. You know, first game, first game out there. I felt their presence, and um, hopefully, you know, um, but moving forward, there will be a lot more of them coming in. And, and, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the energy that, that, that was there on yeah. Saturday. And, and yeah, it, didn't, it didn't really matter to me that there wasn't 100,000. Yeah. But it still, uh, it still meant a lot, you know, it being my first game out there. What was your favorite play from the game? Um, my favorite play was my teammates, um, uh, Jacoby and... Um, and um, Jabril and Elias making plays. So the, the two picks that uh, Jabril, Jabril had a pick um, earlier in the game. And so that, that just, that kind of just gave me a lot of energy. That's just like, because it's, it's something that we do in practice and seeing it being done on the field, yeah. you know, it just, it gave me a lot of, you know, energy, like, let's go. Like, like we really do this, like this, this, this is us. Yeah. So, and um, Jacoby had not having that first sack. Um, that, that, that gave me a sense of urgency, like, yeah, you got to get you one now. Yeah. You know, so um, even though I didn't get to celebrate my first one, I wish I thought it was a flag. So. <laughs> but um, those, those, those three plays really just, you know, created a momentum for us um, and just brought the energy to the defense. Yeah, well, you got more sacks coming, so you can celebrate yes, those <laughs> that you didn't get for the yep. first one. Yes, uh, last question. This is definitely the last one, I promise. Um, when you're dominating the way that you were on Saturday when you're having a game like that like can you feel it like can you feel like what's going through your head do you feel like man like I'm on fire today or is it play by play like what's just kind of what's going through your head when you're having a game like that um I mean that was my first game like that but you know as that happens you know you know I don't really think about it because it's something that we basically it's like practice so um and I say like in practice here it's just like it's way everything is fast and everything is, is in motion. So every every down, you're just trying to you know make make sure you're doing everything you can yeah. to um, give momentum to the defense. And and I don't really I don't really think about like how, what I'm doing, how I'm doing. I just make sure I focus on the man in front of me, which is you know which is the tackle, and I'm and he's in, he's in the way of um, he's in the way of what I'm trying to do. So I I make sure you know I, I beat him every play and make sure uh, I'm doing my part and. You know, making sure I'm, I'm influencing my teammate next to me and making sure they do the same thing. But I don't really think about, like, how I'm doing. I just make sure I keep it going, keep it going for the defense. Yeah. Well, I feel sorry for whoever else stands between you and what you want because it exactly. seems like you're pretty good at getting what you want. So, uh, Ali, appreciate your time today, man. It was awesome talking to you. Appreciate you sharing everything. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you go from here. Yes, I uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Life ain't We fight the whole the glory of the purple and gold. Come on, you tigers. I said, fight, fight, fight. Victory for, victory for, victory for LSU. We are number, number one. Victory for